everybody. Welcome to the Hope for Today podcast. My name is Dr. Gail Frankel, and I am your MC and host for this podcast. Uh, we talk about everything that has to do with mental health and how you can live your best life. Um, I'm excited from our Exposing Mental Health conference that we had last month that I um, am interviewing some of my speakers that were there because I think it's real important for you that only listen to the podcast to get some information from these wonderful people. And today I have the pleasure of having Dr. Barbara Gustafson here with me. And um, I'm excited um, for the Mental Health Summit. Um, she had a great presentation and I want her just you guys to get to know her and, and listen to what she does and how she might be able to help you uh, or people that you know. So welcome, Barbara, I'm glad you're here. Thank you, Gail. And first of all, I cannot believe it was a month ago. Uh, it, it was just a fantastic day. And I learned so much from all the panelists and speakers that were there. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So why don't you tell our my listeners um, about yourself, what you do, um, what brought you to do what you do, and um, what's your passion? Oh my goodness, where do I begin? Uh, so I'll start with my passion first. Uh, I absolutely help love helping people step boldly into whatever they're doing. Um, and I'm not talking about taking giant leaps. You know, we can do that, but I'm really talking about those hidden parts of us that are waiting to be discovered. I love helping bring that out, whether it's ideas uh, or just their purpose, values, whatever they are doing to make a difference in the world. So I, I love helping leaders, influencers, decision makers do that. And I think it really started out uh, at a young age, having several family members with brain disorders. I was aware at that young age that they were not as successful in life uh, with their relationships, with their work. And when I was in my early 40s, I know I'm starting to date myself, uh, I became acutely aware of how important brain health was, not just mindset. And, and two mentors in particular were diagnosed with brain health issues. And I saw how that disrupted the organization. And I started noticing where maybe some of my own brain health wasn't as healthy as I wanted it to be. I struggled with focus, attention, high, high anxiety. And I wondered, you know, could it be better? And I started exploring how I can improve my brain health. And that's when I came across Dr. Amen's material. I, I picked up Change Your Brain, Change Your Life. And I learned about things like EMDR and early childhood trauma, neurofeedback. And I started crossing things on my list. And in 2017, I had a brain spec imaging and it revealed some areas that I wanted to get better. It, it showed three mild brain injuries and how it impacted things like my attention, um, visual processing, and just ability to focus on my work and as a speaker and a, a trainer it it really is important to be able to go from thought to thought and, and training and presenting and i struggled with that so i became really i think i don't want to use the word obsessed but i came really excited how i can find small ways neuroscience science ways to really help improve those areas and, and so that's kind of where it all began so, so what, what are you doing now? What kind of, um, are you doing coaching? Are you just doing speaking? 
Uh, what, are, what are you doing um, to get yourself out there and help others? Yes. So I've been, I do all, but I would say more facilitating teaching and training through speaking and, and what I'm doing coming from a leadership background, I'm really finding uh, ways that brain health and neuroscience helps a leadership in their overall, overall wellness. And when I talk about wellness, uh, think about an organization organization's wellness, the wellness of their employees, their processes, their systems. And, but it really starts with the leadership and how they're operating. So I really love incorporating not just leadership development training, but also brain health strategies to help employees with things such as concentration, focus, but also working with the corporation to help with retention levels, you know, improve employee motivation. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, I love doing that as well. I think so many people think they are the only one that has these issues and we all have them to some extent. It just depends on how we've taken care of those over the years. Um, and so I think, I think you're right. I, I worked in the corporate space for many, many years as a, in a corporate healthcare. And one of the biggest things was not in that space where they wanted you to not be so chummy with your staff. You know, they didn't want you to know your staff, but I always felt I needed to know my staff. I didn't need to know the, every detail of their lives, but I needed to know them enough to know when something was wrong. And I needed to be able to instruct the, the people that were their coworkers or their managers on how to, to know how to recognize that, to know when they needed to maybe take them for a, a 15 minute walk or tell them to take a break or know that, that something's going on at home because all of our life kind of shuffles back and forth between our work and, a, and, and our home and being able to be present at work means that you've got to have dealt with or, or know what's going on at home and all those kind of things. So I agree with you. I think that's really, really important, especially now with COVID. Since yes, COVID. That's the, the hot topic right now. And, and with a lot of companies transitioning from being at home back into the workplace or whether they're creating hybrid situations that what they're finding and, and they're they're talking about, it's not as easy as they thought it would be. Like people are very anxious to find um, their new normal, uh, yet it's, we have to do something different. We can't go back to the old way of doing things. So how do we help our teams through those transitions? Uh, that's really important that that's simplified and, and laid out in a way for them to implement small changes, but to support each of them. You know, we, we know that this transition is difficult, but even helping them develop self-management skills for themselves. You know, some people call that self-care. I almost don't like to use that term because some people immediately think of bubble bath. <laughs> but these, I, I heard a phrase the other day and it kind of stopped me in my tracks. It was on a television show, a medical one. And a doctor, he, he said, self-care saves lives. And that's not something you hear too often because we think of that as a discretionary, you know, like when I'm done with this project or when I get to this time in my life. And the reality is whether COVID or not, there really is never a right time for self-care. And unless we create it and are intentional about it, it's not going to get done. And just to give myself as an example, and 
Gailey and I were talking about this earlier. I've been caregiving for my father who has a, a brain disorder that's now in an advanced stages. And it, it's just one of those things that, you know, if I don't take care of myself, I might go down the same ship, you know, with him. And uh, a friend of mine regularly, you know, says that, you know, you don't want to go down that ship. You have to take care of yourself if you're going to take care of him in a way that you would be proud of one day. And that's hard for especially an overly helpful person. And I've heard the term human giver syndrome. I, I have had that and I have to be very careful because I will overgive to people. I will overgive to my clients, to my family. And there's nothing wrong with that unless it gets to the point where I am taking away from myself. I'm taking myself out of the equation on giving back. So I have to consistently have people around me who know me well when I've crossed that line. Yeah, I, I agree. I uh, My admins always knew when I crossed that line. <laughs> when I was in healthcare, they just look at me like, uh, go take some time. Bye. You know, <laughs> go away, walk away. Um, but that was what I, I actually worked with one of the health systems here in Ohio during COVID was working for with, with for nurses like myself, because we give and give and give all the time. And then we go home and have to give some more and, and we never quite, you know, we're, we're wanting to sleep because that's the one thing we, we didn't have. But I, I really tried to instill because I saw I had to up my game as well, is that every day you need to take 10 to 15 minutes quiet away from everybody. Doesn't have to be, you don't have to be in some weird pose in yoga or whatever. You just need to take that quiet time and sit quietly, comfortably, close your eyes and breathe. Yes. And just do that for 10 to 15 minutes. Just totally shut the world out and just breathe. I have my watch set for me to breathe every hour for, for a minute, every hour. That's so good. Because it's that oxygen we need to do and we need to reset our brains. And you can do it any time of the day you want, right? Whatever day work time works for you. For me, it's it's way I end my day. You know, and then I think, you know, as well as I do that, um, you know, I, I live by gratitude. I live by the positive. Um, I had somebody tell me they saw that vulnerable me the other day and I, they didn't know I had that. You know, I said, well, I, I carry that close to my vest. I keep that at home because that's the way I had to work in the corporate healthcare world. If I was going to rise up, I had to be right there with the men counterparts, you know. And so um, being able to take that time just for yourself, you're going to find that you're going to be better for everybody else. Because like you said, you can't, you can't take care of others if you don't take care of yourself first. I always, I love, Dr. Amon uses this one, and I, I was using it before Dr. Amon, was the mask from the plane. What do they tell you? It's the mask drops down, you take the mask, you put it over your own before you help others, right? It's the same thing. If you don't do that in your own self-care, Yes, I was watching this powerful interview the other day um, by Fallon Jordan, who we both know with mm -hmm. Amy Clinic, and she was interviewing someone, his name is Dwight Bain, and he gave probably the most powerful um, just talk on that mask, and, and we've heard it so many times, but he had an actual mask with him from an airplane. Oh. And then he had his own mask from COVID and he was taking it on and off. And he says, 
it's time we trade our masks now. It's time we take off the COVID mask and put this other mask on. It, you know, yes, we can be safe, but it's time that we put our, our own mask on. And it, it was just the most, I think for me, it just shifted something a little bit different for me just because we ha we have masks that we've been wearing for many years. You know, we've had the COVID mask for the past year, but there's other masks that we've worn for a long time, you know, figuratively speaking. Um, the mask of perfection, that's one that I've hung on to a long time. And even as a caregiver, I hung on to that mask for a long time to show, you know, maybe myself or others, I don't know, that I had it together, whatever I was thinking, or, or I'm strong enough. And it wasn't until I was willing to take that mask off and say, you know, I'm really struggling. I can't do this alone. And I'm not doing very well. That's when I began to really give myself oxygen and breathe. But at first, it's really hard, you know, when we've worn different masks for whatever reason. And I think they've, you know, they've meant they've served a purpose at the time, but they also keep us from really having joy and, and stepping boldly in areas that we could really go in and make a difference in. Yeah, because I think we've, we've been raised to think of all the things that went wrong today, all the things that went bad or that you didn't do right, you know, in school, the things you didn't do right. And I, I just choose, and I've taught my children, I just choose not to do that. I choose to look at the end of the day, yes, things, some things didn't go right. And I just tell myself, I hope I learn from them. Mm, yes. But I want to remember these are the things that went well today. Yeah. And that's the way I end my day. And then in the morning, the first thing I say to myself, this is going to be a great day when I get up in the morning. So I choose, we can choose how we want to be. I could say, man, yesterday was horrible. It's going to be horrible again today. I know it. I know what my schedule looks like. It's going to be horrible again today. Or I can, I can choose to take that until the universe proves me wrong, it's going to be a great day, you know? And I think trying to instill that, that's um, one of our, our colleagues, Dr. Mary Ruth, uh, Ruth Mary Allen, excuse me, I always reverse her name, um, out of London. She works with young children. She taught her three-year-old how to do a technique called havening to help with her anxiety. And she talks about, I never had thought about it with her. And so we, so she was talking about it, about we all have trauma. We all have, we, we all, we were all born. Talk about a trauma that we don't remember. We were all born. That's true. Um, I thought, and I thought about that. I thought, oh my gosh, my boys were damaged at birth because uh, their birth was not easy. Um, so we all have that, but being able to teach techniques that people can do anywhere, ways to, to, to help their triggers. I, I work with a lot of veterans, way to help their triggers so that they're not triggering the bad memory, they're triggering something good and, and they can calm themselves down before it gets too bad. And doing those kind of techniques, um, things that you can do that people don't even know what you're doing. And you can do that either with some of the, 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 the neurotransmitter techniques, or you can just do it with closing your eyes and thinking yes. a different way. Um, I think if we can train people, even like our military, train them before they go, give them the, equip them with this to do use on the battlefield and to use whenever they're under stress, um, as opposed to trying to fix them after they're damaged on the, on the backside, because they didn't know how to handle the trauma at the time, they just kept moving forward. And so I think there's just so much that we can do. And um, 
a lot of it's going to start with how do we change the dialogue? How do we change the narrative out there in, in, in people? Because it's been ingrained in us for so long. And, and, you know, I think that's key. And um, when we were sharing, because I know part of the conversation that I was speaking on is this idea of inner resilience, you know, and how can we change the dialogue within ourselves? And, and I, I know for me, I've had ideas of what resilience means. And I used to think it means that whoop, you just bounce right back up, you know, <laughs> and you come out unscarred as if, you know, the thing didn't happen, or you have it all together, that perfection mask again, or you're, you know, positive 100% of the time and don't complain. Um, and, and so I realized, you know, while that got me motivated, there was a sense of self judgment and a lack of compassion I have for myself. And I struggled with giving myself permission to have a hard day sometimes. And what I realized resilience meant for me is even though I go through hard times and have a really tough time, you know, I, it, I'm not going to let it define me. Like it happened, but I'm not going to let it say who I am. I also realized that it meant that I would get back up more quickly, um, not just snap out of it, but a friend of mine, uh, she wrote the book, Micro Resilience, Bonnie St. John, you probably have heard of her. Uh, yeah. She talks about being the quicker getter upper. And she says, it means you're still knocked down, but your downtime is much shorter. And what I realized is by implementing some of the things that you talked about over time, my downtime was shorter. Whereas if something happened, it could take me days, you know, several days to recover. Um, whereas now it's like some things get me down, but then I bounce back a little bit more quickly. So the actual meaning of resilience has been helpful for me to really explore, you know, what is it that I expect of myself? And, and so just even asking yourself simple questions of how can I reframe my story? you know, what, what serves me well. And then for me, I don't know about for you, it's not just what do I need to do? It's what do I need to let go of? Mm -hmm. What, what is it that I need to release and surrender that I never had control over in, in the beginning? And that's a process because just because if you've had a grip on something for so long or an idea or or anything, it it's hard to let go. It's it's not like boom, you know, you let go. It's 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 been a process for me, and being really gentle with myself. And and for me, letting go, it could be um, unforgiveness towards my father, um, and just really making peace with my past. That was a process, but when I was able to get to the point of releasing a lot, I felt so much lighter. And I feel like I'm at the place where I can really enjoy some last moments with him. But I don't think I could do that if I was hanging on to some things. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think so many times we people tell us to buck up or to, to just move through it and move on. And what you do is you push those and you repress those. And you don't even know you've put them in a vault in your subconscious mind. They're still there. They're not gone. You haven't dealt with them. Because I had to, I had a, a mentor come to me and say, I don't think you dealt with that. 
I'm like, what do you mean? They said, I think you have it, you have it in your vault. And you just forgot it was there. It's been running on autopilot. So it's still, it's still affecting you. And until you open the vault up and let it out and own it and decide what you're going to do with it, you know, and realize that it's past. It's not the present. We don't know what the future is. And so I think that's a new thing that I think is great to be able to teach children when they're young. And I'm watching my daughter-in-law and my son kind of do that with my grandson right now is that it's okay to be sad right now because they just lost a tournament. Um, wow. He's, he's going to be seven. They just lost baseball. So um, I watched her say he was upset because he got the last out. And so he was, he was upset and she said, it's okay if you need to cry. It's okay to be sad, but it's okay. You're, it's going to be fine. They'll be next year. You know, there's, there's, there's more to come. So let's, let's have that little time right now. And then let's let it go. And I'm like, oh, sometimes they do listen to you when you <laughs> tell them things, you know? And so I think that's just real important for people to understand that it's, it's okay to have those things. You just have to bring them forward and realize and put them in the right place and in that memory place where they can't get hurt by it anymore. Because the, the, as you, if you keep pushing it down, you're still getting hurt by it. Yes, and I think that's such a powerful image that you just shared, um, letting things out of the vault, because we're, we're masters at compartmentalizing, aren't we? <laughs> we can we were raised that way. Away, and we can go on with life, but just think how many things are in our vault that we forgot to go back to. Yeah, I agree, I agree. Well, this has been great, Barbara. I, I hope everybody has enjoyed listening to this. How can people get a hold of you if they want to, to uh, use your expertise or um, want to get to know you better or follow you? Yes, a couple of different ways. They can go to my website, discovernextstep.com, or they can look me up on Facebook on the Inner Bowl community. Awesome, awesome. Well, great. Well, I hope everybody has enjoyed this, um, this um, episode of um, Hope for Today. Um, if you um, would like to see more of the speakers that I'm gonna be interviewing, or if you want to get the replay from the Exposing Mental Illness Summit, which was awesome, um, I will put that in the link with the podcast so that you can, uh, can go out there and get it. Um, there will be more to come. Um, we're gonna, I'm going to be interspersing um, these interviews for the next uh, month or so. So um, I hope you will continue to listen. And in the meantime, go out there and have a good, healthy day.